Good morning, church. Today we are hanging on Colossians, and uh, we want to see the Word of God speak to us individually concerning the life that a Christian, a believer, lived. And that's a module for us to look at in our lives. And so Colossians... Um, it's a later episode that Paul wrote while in prison. He was in prison at Rome and Epaphras, a friend of his and a believer, and came to him informing him how the faith and the love of the people in Colos uh, as they lived their lives. So it was something he wanted to encourage him about and also to address some of the issues that uh, the church faced at the time. And that could also be looked at as the problems our church is facing today. So we want to look at what happened in that um, church and then see what happened in the time in the book of Genesis and see how it has been occurring over the period of time and then see how we could look at our time and see what is required in order to live a victorious life. So the church of Colossia was um, important to Paul. He wasn't there physically, but um, because it was in his heart, he prayed for them. In chapter number one of Colossians, uh, we saw Paul praying for them, encouraging them about their faith in Christ, the new, the new life they found, and the love they have for one another. It's encouraging when you come into believers' gathering, fellowship, and home groups, and you see the love of God thriving in that group. However, he encouraged them to continue in that, while he also advised them to look at the cultures of, uh, around them, the things that are cropping into the church, such like the cultures about you have to have Jesus and other things added to it in order to be perfect. And this is what Paul was addressing, the perfect person. And that could also apply to you and I. What is a perfect person? What is a perfect Christian? Who is a perfect believer? Who makes it? Who is a perfect child of God? And that is another issue when you look at everybody bringing, you need to be good, you need to be powerful, you need to be in authority, you need to be glorified, you need to be you know, magnified and all that. So what makes a person to be um, perfect. And so we will look at that and then we will discuss more about the life of the ancient. We will take a character like Abraham in the book of Genesis and look through it. So if you are with me quickly, let's flip up to the book of Colossians. We'll read through chapter 2. Uh, we read chapter 2 from verse 6 and to 10. And then we go to Genesis to see some character. So please, let's look at our Bible test. Colossians chapter 2, and we read from verse number 6 and to 10. And this is a New Living Translation, so I read from verse 6. It says, and now just as you accepted Christ, Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him 
then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thanks, thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. Verse 9, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Verse 10, So you, you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head of every ruler and authority. And what we look at today is complete in him, complete in Christ. So we look at you are complete in Christ. A lot of times it is the culture, the community, the society that defines what perfect or completeness or fullness means. But in all our aspiration, in all our endeavors, we have seen that over the time, whatever, whichever level you attain, you aspire more. And that shows that we don't get to perfection. Perfection eludes man. In economics, they say that human wants in insatiable. It can't be, it can't be met with all. So as you get to a level you aspire to get, that means you don't reach to the end of your desire. So what makes man complete? What makes a woman complete? What makes a person complete? And Paul was advising and instructing the church in Colossae that in Christ you are complete. It is in Christ. And friends, believers in the Lord, the important point is to note that with our strength, we can do nothing. But in him, who is the fullness of God in bodily form, we are complete. Your trials, your, all your efforts, they're quite good, but they will not give you the fullness. No matter how powerful a person is under the sun, Yet, there will be a time it fails. Strength fails. But one thing is certain. That when you hope on Christ, when your strength is on him, he says he renews them like the eagle. And the important part is that you are not the one doing it. He does that in you. And it's so beautiful that we should look unto him, the author and finisher, rather than looking unto ourselves, the much we can do, how we can do that, and what we can do. You are already complete in him. The moment you surrender to Christ Jesus, the moment you gave your life and said, Lord, you are my savior. You are my all in all. I trust in you. I hope on you. My trust is nothing but you. You will see the inner strength coming. You pull through whatever difficult it is. Challenges will come. And that's why we want to look at characters that have pulled through and see their lives through the Bible and see that indeed, if they hold on to him, they become full or complete. Let's quickly look at Genesis chapter 17. And in King James Version, Genesis chapter 17, we want to take a character to study 
how we are complete in Christ. We want to see what it means to be complete in him. And so look up your Bible, Genesis chapter 17. In verse number one, the Bible says, And when Abraham, King James Version, And when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. Walk before me and be complete. Walk before me and be full. The question is, what has happened in the life of Abraham that God, because we, we will read over in chapter 12, that God appeared to him and said, follow me, live certain things, do certain things, and I will bless you. I will be your exceeding great reward and all that. We see that as we go on. But the question is, what happened to Abraham that God will tell him, walk before me and be complete? Something must have happened. So let's flip over to chapter 12. If you want to come with me, Genesis chapter 12, to see where Abraham started his journey with God. And we'll see the story of Abraham. I would like to read from 1 to 5, and then we go back to our story. We want to study how a man, a woman, a person becomes complete in God. Or in this life we live, so that we know you have it all covered. Amen. So we see in Genesis chapter number 12, in verse, from verse 1, it reads, The Lord has said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and cause those who treat you with content. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord has instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed to the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Moriah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Verse 7 says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord, who appeared to him. After that, Abraham traveled south and set up camp in the hill country, with Bethel to the west uh, and I in the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abraham continued traveling south by stages towards Negev. 
At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abraham to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner, as he was approaching the border of Egypt. Abraham said to the wife Sarah, Look, you are a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Let's kill him. Then we can have her. Amen. I'll stop at that point. Brethren in the Lord, Abraham had a covenant with God. Abraham had a covenant. God showed up and said, I will, I will, I will bless you and you become a blessing. I will protect you. I will be your exceeding great reward. I will bless those that bless you. I will protect you. This is the covenant that God is assuring, an assurance that he did not pay for, but God gave it to him. Abraham, you have this protection from me. Abraham, you have this assurance from me. I will be this to you. I will provide for you. I will keep you. All I need you to do is to step out from your home. Step out from your family. What does that tell us? Step out from the culture, the attitude, the behavior, the all that you have known, the rules and regulations. Come to me. I will tell you how to live it. In me, I am the authority here. God sets up the authority. God blesses Abraham. God commissions him. God empowers him. God says, let's go on. I will give you the land I will give you. And in you shall the families of the earth be blessed. And we had this story. Yet something happened as we read in chapter 17 verse 1. That Abraham became, that was when he was 75 years. And now 99 years, 24 years down the road. God appeared again and said, Abraham, walk before me. Something must have happened. Abraham may have done something. That wasn't right in the sight of this. You are doing it yourself. Walk before me and be perfect. Walk before me. Because we saw that it was when he was 99 years that God said, appeared again, said, listen, you may have been doing things the way you like it. It's not the way I am asking you to do it. I asked you to come alone. Come with your wife. Come alone. Come to the land I'm setting you. You packed all the baggage and I showed you the land. I said, this is the Canaan land. I give it to you and your descendant. Abraham moved on. There was famine. God didn't tell Abraham in the covenant there wouldn't be challenges. He didn't say, Abraham, listen, I'm going to take you on a Roller coaster is going to be fun fair. You're going to enjoy it all through. There will be shouting moments. There will be terrifying moments. But stay in me for I am your exceeding great reward. I am the one that blesses and no one can curse you. Amen. So when we hear the Lord giving Abraham an assurance, what has caused Abraham to move on? And then sometimes we see our lives when challenges come, we take decisions, drastic decisions, and make choices that may um, we'll say, well, this is the best at the moment. But is that the best for the Lord asking you to do at that time? Abraham did what he did because he has the option to choose. God always gives us the opportunity to choose, the free will to choose. Choose him this day. Choose you today whom you will serve. Joshua asked the people. 
for me and my household who serve the living God. He gave the opportunity. This is the land I have shown you. You are here with Lot and all that, but this is the land. The Bible says that Farmai was in that land. And something happened in the life of Abraham. He chose to look for where there is a greener pasture. He chose to move on. He chose, he made a decision, said, let me go down that south. Let me go to, to Egypt to find food. And when he got there, something else happened. He has to choose to leave and give out his wife. Say, say you are my sister. Was God, was, God was all watching all this play out in the life of Abraham. But he said, I am your exceeding great reward. We saw that Abraham built an altar as he got to that place. He worshipped God. But he moved on. Where is the God you are worshipping in the land he gave to you? Where is the position that God has asked you? You are to take care of the young ones. Pastor has said, oh, listen, there are needs for the people to come in. Where is the position God is calling you and I? You left it undone and you are going to take care of yourself, to save yourself. Why did Abraham go to Egypt to save himself? There was famine. Oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to starve to death. That was his decision to let go to seek his salvation, to seek to supposedly serve him, uh, find a way out of trouble, find a way out of situation, and letting God push behind. He went to the land of Egypt. He went to find succor. He went to find food. He went to find peace for his family because there was famine in that land. Friends, brethren in the Lord, what are you doing today that God is calling you, saying, please come. I am your reward. I am your completeness. I am the one that heals and makes whole. I am the one that lifts up. I am the one that sets you free from those challenges. Come to me. Don't, I like the way Proverbs sets it. In Proverbs 3, 5, 5, he said, that we should not lean on our own understanding. In all, in all our ways. Friends, in all, not in some of our ways. Look at Abraham, our father in faith. In all our ways, trust him. Lean on your understanding. Acknowledge God. He will direct your path. He will direct it. He didn't say that there won't be famine. He said, stay with me. I will provide. This is the same Abraham we read that when he was asked to sacrifice because this moment will change the life of Abraham because it took a man that believed God that will provide to lay Isaac on an altar because this event played out before Abraham came to the faith to trust God. Not everyone can do that. Lay your child on an altar, the only child you have. It's a man of faith. So Abraham came to this point and said, yes, indeed, I can trust this God who never fails. Friends, Abraham went to Egypt to seek for security that he wouldn't 
he can die. Reaching there, he gave out his wife. Said, well, take my wife. Can I just be alive? That's okay for me. But remember, there was a promise on him. I will bless you. And through you shall the families of the earth be blessed. If Abraham let go of Sarah, well, he has fulfilled that promise. And sometimes when we work hard to save our lives, We'll see what happened to the, our brother Abraham. Brother Abraham went to Egypt. It seems like when the Lord intervened, and we know all the story, the Lord intervened and said, Pharaoh, listen, this woman is married, and let her go, please. And Pharaoh said, wow, Abraham, why didn't you tell me you were married? Take your woman, go. And we knew, we, we saw that from that story that Abraham acquired wealth. Because Genesis chapter 13 said, Abraham was blessed in gold, silver, livestock, and all therein. He was also blessed with a handmaid, a woman called Haggai. Friends, it sounds like a blessing because he's a helper. A helper that thwarted the blessing. If not God intervening, Abraham would have gone that direction, believing Haggai was the woman that will bear the blessed child. Friends, we can see our effort progressing, thinking, wow, he has given us good. And we believe that we have succeeded. We've gotten to, he got to a height. He came out of Egypt. Genesis chapter 13. Let's quickly look at it. Genesis chapter 13 from verse number one. The Bible says, so Abraham left Egypt and traveled not into the Negev, Along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned, Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. From the, from, the, from the Negev, they continued traveling by stages towards Bethel and pitched their tent. The, to point you to the right, he acquired wealth. He acquired what somebody today will say, oh, he acquired wealth, gold, silver. And so he must be famous. He must be rich. He must be what to do. So what can he say? He's a perfect man. But was Abraham perfect? At that particular point, Abraham was not perfect. Because we saw that's chapter 13. Abraham, God appeared to him in 17 and said, walk before me and be perfect. It is when you walk before me. When you walk with me, when you walk in Christ, when you are in me, that you become perfect. The same story is being played over and over from Genesis to Colossae. In Colossians, we saw Paul writing them saying, listen, your knowledge, your philosophies are nonsense. Abraham played knowledge. He tried wisdom. He all human skills, he used them. At least he was able to convince the land that he wasn't the wife. Sarai wasn't his wife. And so they can take him, give him wealth. You could play all the human skills and all knowledge, but it will only amount to physical things. You could also play all the powers that you have, the authorities you have. But one thing is certain, the Bible says. That we are only completing him. John chapter 10 verse 10b says, I came that you have life and have it in full. 
It sounds like the story of the Genesis account that there is in, in Genesis chapter 2. Two trees in that, in that place. The tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. I came to give you life. I came that you would be full. I came that you would be complete. I came that you would make you have that confident, quiet confident that you are. I mean, you are covered. Blessed assurance. Authority belongs to the Lord. David said it this way in Psalm 62 verse 11. He said, once have you spoken, twice have I heard it. That power, authority belongs to the Lord. It is confident to build in the Lord. Can I quickly take you to 1 John chapter number, chapter number 5? In verse number 14 and 15. Friends, you see that this is the confidence we have. This is the confidence when you are in him. When you are in Christ. Friends, when we believe in him, trust in him. Not with our lips, but with our heart. So to him. There is confidence that when you pray. Whatever you ask of him according to his will. John chapter 5 verse number, first John chapter 5 verse number 14 and 15 says, Whatever you ask in him, you come with confidence because you know he hears you. He hears you. The confidence a believer has. It's not in authorities of the world. Men of the world, people of the world will be looking at, oh, is it well to do? Does he have that? Does, does, they, does she has, have that? Does she, uh, where are they looking at? Looking at name, fame, authority. But it all is in Christ because the Bible says the fullness of God is in him. In him is all things consist consists. Everything we desire under the sun. Look at David in his writing in Psalm, in Psalm 23. He said in verse 1, the Lord is mine shepherd and I shall want not. Now, he became a king. He said, the Lord is my king. Friends, do you see the consistency of this young man or this king called David? And he consistently made the Lord his abode. His strength, his refuge, the anchor of his life. There is no other help. That's why Psalm 46 in verse 1, he said, The Lord is my strength and my help. A present help in time of need. A present help. He's our helper. Friends, we come to him. Surrender ourselves to him with our hearts. And say, Lord, I believe you. That's the faith that the, Colossi, the Colossian church had. But Paul, they came up with other philosophies, other, other ideologies. That Listen, yes, we need Christ. Also, we need the law. Also, we need the, in Christ, all things are met. The Bible said he fulfilled the prophets and the law in him. You are. Can I quickly take you to see that in him, you become a new person, a new creation. Can we quickly go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5? In Christ alone. In Christ alone. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, please. Verse 17. And we will read it down to, to, to 21, please. If you are there, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 17. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, therefore he is a new creation. 
all things has passed away. All your, all your ambition to aspire to be the best, to be that, to be that, to compete, to have passed away. Behold, all things become new. They become new in Christ. They become new. You become a new being. The one that has never existed before. A new being. A brand new person. The one that has not been before. No wonder, no wonder, uh, we'll stay there, please stay, stay on that second Corinthians, we'll stay over there. No wonder Nicodemus, a great teacher, he was a great teacher in, in Israel. He, he came to Jesus, John chapter 3, verse number 3. He said, oh, oh, you are a great teacher, Jesus, how can we make it? You, we, 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 we are also teachers in this country, in this land, and we've taught the word of the Lord. And Jesus smiled about him and said, how can we be saved? He said, unless you are born again. Unless you are born of the Spirit. Friends, today we celebrate the Holy Spirit. The birth of a new church, a new being, a new life. Unless you are born of the Spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus. So if you are still in that second Corinthians, think about it. You have a new being which is in Christ, a new life, which is spirit of God. The one that revives, the one that renews, recreates, makes us new again. It's a being that has never, now have never been. Jesus, by his death, burial, and resurrection, atoned and changed our lives. Friend, I'm not talking about coming and worshiping and dancing just carnally. I'm talking about spirit-filled men and women of God who, when they look at the hope set up before them, they say, yes, even if the fire is set up seven times, yes, the king, we will not bow down to any other image. We will not bow down to any other God. We will serve the living God. That is the spirit, the spirit of Yahweh. The spirit that quickens. The spirit that brings to life. The spirit that changes the face of the earth. The spirit of God. Jesus is telling us today, if you be in him, just in him, he is the one that gives you Let In him flows the spirit. The rivers of living water flows from him to you. But can you be in him? Colossians, that we are all in that situation. They believe, they gather, they worship God in south. But you know, they also believe that there are cultures that we need to hold on to. So there are also laws that we need to hold on to. There are beliefs, there are, there are things. Abraham was asked, leave your father's house. Friends, leave your father's house. Brethren, leave your culture. Leave everything. Look unto him. And that is why the motto of, this, uh, of our church says, we be with him. You learn from him. You become like him. You are not, you are not ordinary. You are peculiar. You are people set apart. First Peter chapter number 2 verse 9. You are set apart. You are a holy priesthood. A royal people. A people called out of darkness into his marvelous light to bring forth his glory. Friends, this is a call 
that Paul was calling the Colossian church, saying, friends, it's only in Christ. You are come. Leave all the, all the philosophies of whom, human philosophy. Leave all the ideologies. Leave all the behaviors. Leave all the circumcision. Leave all the activities. These are human activities, friends. These are human things that will keep us under here. But when you trust him, look unto him. And so, we, if you look at that verse again, please let's quickly look at, we are still on 2 Corinthians, if you are with me, let's quickly look at it and read it out. That you see that in him, you become, you become the righteousness of God. So let's quickly read that 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 from verse 17, and we read to 21. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 from verse 17. The Bible says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 18. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ we, when we plead. Come back to God. 21. Please look at 21 with me. He says, For God met Christ, who never sinned, to, become, to be the offering for our sin. So, I like this so there. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. You met right with God. So, he met him to become sin. He who knows no sin became sin, that through him, you are right with God. You have right standing. John was in his writing in John chapter 1, verse number 12. The Bible says, to them that receive him, receive Jesus, and to them that believe in his name, he gave the right, the ability, the opportunity, the authority to become the children of God. You are children of God. And that is why First John, in chapter number 3, from verse 1, First John chapter 3, it says, from verse 1, it says, Behold the manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Behold the manner of love. What kind of love is this? It's transforming. So exciting. You are complete in Christ. It's in Christ you have the fullness, access to all authority. Because we know that God has all power. All authority belongs to him. So if you have access to him, what else are you looking for? There is no authority above Christ's authority. There is no authority because the Philippians we read the other time, Philippians chapter number 2, verse number 9 and 10, it said that God has exalted him above all names, that at the mention of his name, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Friends, God is above all. And if you have access as a son, as a daughter to him, you have access to all, of, all authority, all power. Friends, this is awesome. This is wonderful that you are called complete in Christ. You are complete. Not that you will be. I wish you look at that Colossians chapter number 2 verse 10 again. You see that you are already made complete. The moment you said spirit, soul, and body belongs to Christ. Look at how Paul said it in the book of, in the book of Galatians chapter number 2. Could you look at it with me from verse number 20? So Galatians... Galatians chapter number 2. Please look with me. Chapter number 2, in verse number 20 and 21. We'll see how Paul put it, that if you are ever in Christ, if you are there, if you are in him, not just coming to assemblies or gathering of believers, but become one in Christ. Be one. Let that same mind be in you. So let's quickly look at that. Um, being conscious of time, we will round up now. But how do we live this right? What is our response? So we look at Galatians chapter 2. I will quickly read from verse number 20 and 21. Galatians chapter 2. 20 says, my old self, this is, NLT. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Friends, we see that it's no longer Paul that was living. It was easy for him to say, not him anymore, but Christ that lives in him. Until a man, a woman, a brother, a sister comes to that point that it's no longer him. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. It's no longer, I, I don't, I am not the master. He is the master. He is the Lord. I am not the Lord. I am not the one that makes the direction, the way. For he is the way, the truth, and the life. I am just following and getting information from him. I have access to him. And I have authority because he has put me in authority. God commissioned you. Friends, what is my response? What is our response when the Lord is calling us? And I am praying tonight, this, this morning or afternoon, that the Lord will touch our hearts. So yearn for the spirit of God. How do we live this? Can you quickly look at Galatians chapter 5? How can we come to this point? At the point that we say, no longer I. Abraham came to that point. At 99 years, he realized, I really need to work with this God. He make the amends. We notice, and in chapter 13, he has to separate with Lord. You know the story? He separated those things that you hold so you hold so strong. This my value, my things, mine, this, mine, that, mine, that. You have to let go of anything that God and say, Lord, you and you alone. Let Jesus become your treasure. Let Jesus become that which when you look at it, this is all I need. This is all I have. This is all I want. All I want is you. 
Oh, David said it in the book of Psalm 27. He said in verse number four that, that I tr the, all I need, I rejoice to hear them say, let's go to the house of the Lord. I'm rounding up now. Friends, let's quickly look at our response. What should be our response? What should be our calling? What should we yearn for? The Bible says in Galatians chapter number 5, will you please come with me to Galatians chapter 5? While we round up, we're saying that we need a spirit who helps us to live this life, who helps us to become able to say, yes, Christ, just you, not me anymore. In chapter number 5 from verse number 16, he says, so I say to you, Paul is telling them how to live by this, to be able to walk in fullness of life, to be able to be complete in Christ. That's, this is what you need. You need to cry out for the Spirit to revive you, to renew you. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Now, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives you us desire that are the opposite of the sinful nature and nature desires. The two are in forces. Now, if you look at, if you look at verse number 20, what the spirit does is to do uh, verse 22. Look at that. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Friends, this is where we're going to take a point. Think about your life. Think about, are you part of this Colossian church? Are you part of those that believe in Christ but just are missing it up with a lot of things about in the world? Oh, I need to attend this for me to serve the Lord. Oh, if I don't reach this height in my career, no, I wouldn't, yeah, I will be looked down on. Oh, if I don't uh, become so powerful in the community, friend, are you looking at things around you and trusting them, believing that they are your insurance assurance? Christ is the assured word of God, the security for Abraham, the security for the Colossian church, and the security of believers today. Are you called a believer? The Lord is asking you, come out of your old ways, come out of your behaviors. Those are your activities. The activities, how good they may be, they may not be the blessing. You see that the activities of Abraham brought him gold, silver, but they weren't the blessing. A Haggai became pregnant and gave a child Ishmael, but that wasn't the blessed child. Abraham lost hope in Sarah. Abraham lost hope in all things. But do you know that God, who is exceedingly great, will always reward you your work of diligence serving him, walking before him. All you need to do is to renounce your own actions and say, Lord, I want you to live in me and do your will in me. I need your will. He said, if you can do this, the Holy Spirit will produce the love, joy, peace. Every one of us, we deserve peace. The world in general, we, the world deserves peace. We had the League of Nations, and it failed. 1923, we formed the United Nations. The aim is, one of the aims is to bring peace in the world. But today, you still see strife and wickedness walking around. Why is it that their agenda policies is not good? They make good policies, but yet it fails. Why? There are powers. 
There are spirits. Friends, there are things on beyond human control, but there is a power above all powers. At the hell, if you hold on to this power, Jesus Christ, you are above all the principality. The Bible says in second in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse number 10, he is the head of principalities and powers. He is the head of rulers and dominions and kingdoms. Friend, will you will you willingly ask this Holy Spirit to come into your life? You need peace. You need joy. You need to produce love. You see some situation you can't love. But with the spirit of God, there is nothing that he cannot do. Oh, there is nothing he cannot. There is no mountain. He said in the book of Zechariah, chapter number 4, verse number 7, What are you mounting before Zerubbabel? Become a plain land. And it was so to him. I believe this great God because he is almighty. Power belongs to him. Authorities bow to him. He is able to deliver you. That added that you believe that, oh, this is no. So the Lord will break it and give you wholeness. He, in him is the fullness of joy. In him is the fullness of peace. He is the prince of peace. He will give you peace in your right now. And if you can end, cry out tonight, today and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my soul and renew me. Renew me. Take away my old self. Give me your own self. Let Christ live in me. As I look unto Christ, I see myself. As Christ looks unto me, he sees the one he redeemed. He sees himself in me. For I am the light of the world. Let my light shine. Let the love of God reign in my heart. Let my spirit rise up tonight and today and begin to cry, Abba, Father. Friend, as we begin to call on the Lord, I'll pray with you now. I say, Lord Jesus, as your people are praising you and thanking you are asking for the Holy Spirit. Please, Lord, will you minister your spirit upon all flesh? Let there be revival. Let there be renewal. Let there be recreation. Let those that are here receive their bodily spiritual renewal, recreation, Lord. I pray for the Spirit to bring forth the breath of life into them. Everyone, I say, Ezekiel prayed and said, oh, let the dry bones come back alive. Let there be life again in everyone. Lord, those that have missed the step, record them. Abraham did and you called him back and said walk before me and be perfect call, Paul called the Colossian church he said come back believe in Christ and walk the walk for it is in him we are made whole we are perfect in Christ Christ have your way breathe in us let us produce the fruit of love joy peace self-control patience perseverance kindness gentleness oh Lord let it be so in Jesus name we pray amen